the moment. Joined with my wife welcoming you to our service today and we've been meeting throughout this day and sensing God's presence in our midst. Just a couple of announcements and we do continue to apologize that you still have to register and go through all of the changes and we do apologize for that but we thank you for your understanding. As we have been saying, this one up, as we have been saying over the past weeks, uh, we uh, have been working with the government and with the health officials concerning the reopening of our building. We have been lobbying our government and health officials to increase the number of our gatherings considering the space that we have in this sanctuary. So there are changes that are coming and throughout this week we will be making an announcement to the congregation. So because of that fact, registration for next Lord's Day will not be open tomorrow, but it will open once we are able to make an announcement to you for next Lord's Day. But registration will be open tomorrow for our Bible study and prayer meeting on Tuesday evening. We'll be continuing our Bible study on the parables of Jesus, dealing with the wheat and the tears, and we encourage you to come on Tuesday evening. Later in the week, we will give you further instructions for the Lord's Day. Next Sunday, we're privileged to have Pastor Tiffany Rowley with us, our missionary in Cambodia. She will be leading worship next Sunday, as well as sharing a short report on their work. As we have done in years previous, we will be collecting $20 per child for Christmas in Cambodia. Cambodia is probably the poorest nation in the world, if you were to search statistics. And therefore, this will be the only Christmas these children will receive. It will be a gift as well as a Christmas celebration for them. So if God has blessed you personally this year, God has blessed your business, we would ask you that you would bless the children of Cambodia, and we want to give every one of them as possible a good Christmas. As well, we're going to be giving Christmas in name, and every child in name will also be given a Christmas gift and stocking and a Christmas celebration. The nursery is open tonight for our parents. If you feel you need to use it, it has been sanitized, and it is open this evening for you to you. So we trust that you will receive all of these announcements and we thank you for your patience and your understanding and may God bless you. It's good to have the panics with us from Postville and we welcome them. We've been praying for them recently in the loss of their mother and we know that God Cindy is going to continue to strengthen you in these days. God bless you this evening. Amen. We're going to continue to sing about the cross tonight. We're singing, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. How many of you have proven this in your life? Because He lives, all fear is gone, because I know He holds the future. Life is worth the living just because He lives. I invite you to stand, and we're just going to keep singing worship songs, and if you want to stand or you want to sit, you feel free to do that. But uh, let's honor and glorify the name of Jesus in this house this evening as we worship his name because he lives. God sent his son.
that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. How many of you tonight, this is your testimony. Thanking God that yesterday's gone and our sins are forgiven. Let's rejoice as we sing
The Miracle of Mercy, the Good Samaritan. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. You see, when Jesus was on earth, he wanted everyone to know what God thought about things. So he took every opportunity to teach people about God's heart. <clears throat> One day, a religious expert stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> what does the law say? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> right. Alright. Do this and you will live. Wait. The man then asked, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. <laughs> They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Another man who worked in the temple who was called a Levite, walked over and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. Then a Samaritan came along. Samaritans were hated by Jews. They were seen as lesser people and Jews would not interact with them. But when the Samaritan saw the man, he felt compassion for him, going over to him. The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. What Yeah. 
watched Sesame Street. How many of you watched Sesame Street? Sure you did. Some of you watch it now. And there was a song in Ses on Sesame Street. Now, we didn't sing this in our Sunday school, but it went like, who are the people in your neighborhood? Remember that? They're the people that you meet each day. There was a time when I was a little child that I thought neighbors were people that lived on the left or on the right side of you. But then I came to realize that neighbors are the people that you meet every day in life. And the Good Samaritan teaches us that we are to love everybody that we meet, right? Everybody, no exemptions. We are to love every person that God has created. I have something special for all the boys and girls. Parents, you're going to have to forgive me today because I'm giving them a big bag of candy. It says, the Good Samaritan, love your neighbor, trail mix. In your bag, boys and girls, you will find M&Ms that remind us that neighbors come in all colors. You will find pretzels that remind us that some neighbors are tall. You will find nibs that remind us that some neighbors are short. You'll find smarties that remind us that some neighbors are really smart. You'll find raisins that remind us that some neighbors are older with wrinkly skin. You'll find sweet tarts that remind us that some neighbors are super sweet. And the heart coin in your bag helps us remember that we are to love all our neighbors just like Jesus did. And I think that's a lesson tonight for all of us, not just the boys and girls. So you all get the lesson, but you don't all get the trail mix. Okay? So we're going to bring that to some of our children that are here tonight. We've been giving this all day. So markers that we don't want back so you can do out your sheets and take your markers home with you. We also have some friends right in the front.
Hebrews chapter 9 verses 1 to 15 is the scripture for this evening. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 1 to 15. I give you a chance to get that out. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 1 to 15. For our online viewers, you'll give you a chance to get your Bible. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 1 to 15. Need lots of water. This is the third time preaching today, and I'm just as nervous as I preached this morning. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 to 15. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part of which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behold, the second veil part of the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides of gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things are, we cannot now speak in detail. Now then these things had been there and must prepare. The priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part of the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Concerned only with food and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinance imposed until the time of reformation. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the hyper, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we, O oh God, are able to hear your word, Lord. We thank you for your word is alive today. And Lord, we pray that it would, uh, Lord, work in the hearts of the men and women that hear it today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of the message this evening is The Accomplishments of Jesus. The Accomplishments of Jesus. Have you ever accomplished something before? Maybe you accomplished a college diploma, university degree, or maybe you accomplished your master's. Maybe you accomplished cleaning out your closet this week, or maybe a painting or a difficult puzzle. Because of the amount of people in this room today, there are loads of things that people have accomplished in recent days, in past months, or even in past years. 
that you are particularly proudly proud of. Accomplishments make us feel good. Just this past spring, I took on a project that I have never done before, and that was to refurbish a fireplace that I picked up on the classifieds. I took the fireplace apart, cleaned it all up, sanded it down, the boards, and I spray painted it. And it was a bit of a task for me because I had never done anything like this before. But a few weeks later, I had it completed, and now it sits in my rec room and makes the room a lot cozier. Today, though, I want to look at something far greater than my accomplishments or your accomplishments. Today I want to take you to the scripture in Hebrews 9 that shows us the important accomplishments of a man named Jesus. Today being Communion Sunday, I felt it was important to speak on the work of Christ. I have been meditating on the scripture for the past few weeks and I feel that it's important for us to understand the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, we can have communion with the Father today. We have fellowship with not just Jesus, but we have fellowship with the Father because of Jesus. The scripture shows us the great amount of work that went into connecting God with man. But it showed the many inadequacies of the process that was to take place. The scripture shows us a contrast of what the old covenant entailed and what the new covenant accomplished. The Old Covenant in all its beauty was not enough to bridge the chasm that spanned between us and God. The goal of the sermon this evening is to bring us to a place of thankfulness for what has been accomplished by Jesus Christ dying on the cross. With Thanksgiving around the corner and with today being Communion Sunday, I believe it is fit for the children of God to be thankful for the work that has been accomplished by our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that all the old, although the Old Covenant is fulfilled, it should not be forgotten, but should be remembered. I believe that what happened in the book of Leviticus should be observed with great reverence. For what happened there was the stepping stone to bring the children of God closer to the Father. I believe that we should never ever be grateful of what the men of old had to do to bring atonement to the people of Israel. Today, as the church of Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to worship the Lord, giving praise and thankfulness for fulfilling the law and becoming what the law could not do. And so today, I want to bring you to look at Jesus as the greater symbol, Jesus as the greater high priest, and Jesus as the greater sacrifice. First of all, we're going to look at the greater symbol. Verses 1 to 5 of Hebrews 9 shows us the tabernacle. I won't get into the detail of the dimensions and all of that, but what our focus and attention needs to be on tonight is what the different areas of the tabernacle represented. The word symbolism means symbolic meaning attributed to natural objects. What we find in the Old Testament is a lot of symbolism. Our main focus though today is to look at what the Hebrew writer wrote and how he shows that there was purpose for the objects that he listed in verses 1 to 5. I want us to know that what God ordains has order and meaning. God is not a God of confusion or dysfunction. All the things listed inside the tabernacle had great meaning for the people at that time. 
We should never look at the tabernacle as foolishness or silly. God was the one who organized the tabernacle and each item listed had purpose. When God does something, He does it with purpose. Yes. Even though we do not often see all that He does and why He does the things that He does, we have to remember His ways are greater than our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. What God orchestrated in the development of the tabernacle was important. And today, if God saw it fit to include it in His Word, then it is important to us today. The tabernacle ordained by the Old Covenant was planned by God, but planned for earthly service. The tabernacle was divided into two rooms. The first room was the holy place, and the second room was the holy of holies. In the first part of the tabernacle sat the lampstand. This setting for the lamps of the tabernacle had a middle stand and six branches on each side. It was of an unspecified size and made of pure gold and provided whole only light for the tabernacle. The table of showbread. This sat in the first part and was made of acacia wood covered with gold. It held 12 loaves of showbread, each representing God's fellowship with the 12 tribes of Israel. Then we have the sanctuary. This refers to the first part known as the holy place. Then we have a veil, a thick curtain separated the first part from the holiest of all, also known as the Holy of Holies. Each item has significance in the tabernacle. Each item has a representation of something greater to come. And what I want to know about this veil is that it showed no signs of permanence. The wall that separated men from God was but a curtain. It was not brick and mortar. It was not solid wood, but the separation was a curtain to show us that this was a temporary separation. Yes, amen. The golden altar of incense. This was made of acacia wood covered with gold. It stood at the veil before the Holy of Holies and was used to burn incense. Then we have the Ark of the Covenant. This stood inside the holiest of all and was a chest made of acacia wood covered with gold. Inside the Ark were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Then you see that we have the mercy seat. This was the elaborate lid on top of the Ark of the Covenant, made with the designs of cherubim upon it. The blood of sacrifice was sprinkled upon it for the forgiveness of Israel's sin on the Day of Atonement. As God looked down into the Ark, He saw the symbols of Israel's sin, rebellion, and failure. But when the blood of the sacrifice was applied to the mercy seat, the blood of sacrifice covered his sight of the sin of Israel. Why does Hebrew, the Hebrew writer want us to know these items? We must remember that the goal of the author is to compare the old covenant with the new. Everything about the building and its furnishings and its symbols was meant as a teaching tool. Everything pointed and had a typological value which pointed to something greater was going to come. Jesus Christ today has replaced the symbols of the tabernacle with himself. Today I am thankful that Jesus Christ has come and he 
he has become the greater that the Hebrew writer was getting to in the scripture. You see, Jesus becomes the representation of these symbols. He becomes the greater that the Old Testament talks about. Jeremiah 31 and 31 says, predicted that God will bring a new covenant. Jesus is the tabernacle for the scripture says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became the lampstand when he said I am the light of the world. Jesus became the showbread when he said I am the bread of life. Jesus became the veil which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Jesus became the blood that would be sprinkled on the mercy seat, which is the redemption that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, whom God set forth as satisfaction. Jesus became the manna when he said, I am the bread of life. Jesus became Aaron's rod because Jesus is tonight the high priest. Jesus fulfilled the tablets and the stone. That is why we can say Jesus is the greater symbol tonight. What the men of old did was prepare the way for Jesus. What they did was to prepare the path for God was doing something. What we see here in Hebrews is that Jesus has become the greater symbol for all of humanity. And he had prepared the way for us to come back to God in a right relationship. Yes, Secondly, I want to talk about the greater high priest. Hebrews 9, 6 to 10 shows us the purpose of the priests and high priests. As in the book of Leviticus, it is here in the scripture that we yet again see the inadequacies or the limitations of the earthly tabernacle. We are brought to remembrance that what was taking place daily, once a year, was a sign to all that this system was not working well. The priests and high priests were only doing what they were commanded to do, but it was not adequate for the people. Think about it for a moment. All the objects that we just listed in Hebrews 1 to 5 is a symbol of the closeness of God, but yet the people were not allowed inside the Holy of Holies. Something was missing. Something was needed. The greater needed to come. The high priest had to go in on the people's behalf. Only the high priest could go in there once a year on the Day of Atonement. He would offer a bull for his own sins. He would enter the Holy of Holies and sprinkle the blood of the bull on the mercy seat and in front of it. Then he would go back out and slaughter one of two living goats as a sin offering for the people and take that blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. He will go back and lay his hands on the living goat, confessing the sins of the people. The annual Day of Atonement ritual would have underscored to Israel the number of vital truths. It portrayed the absolute holiness of God and how our sin separates us from entering into his presence. It showed the sin and defilement of all the people, including the high priest himself. It showed that no one dared to enter into God's holy presence without the blood of an acceptable sacrifice. It showed that the people much approached God through the proper mediator, the high priest. It showed that if the proper sacrifice was offered, God would be satisfied so that he would not judge their sins. 
But as glorious as all the ritual was, it was inadequate for two main reasons. One, the old system provided limited access to God. None of the people, not even all the priests, could enter into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go in there. And that only once a year with blood. It was not a cozy place where the high priest picked his feet up on a stool and had a warm conversation with God. He had to make sure that he had the ritual down perfect yeah. or it would have been the last time that he would have went into the Holy of Holies. Can you imagine relying on someone else like yourself to go in on your behalf to God? Can you imagine being one of the high priests and having to kill all these animals and then being fearful of being struck down if he made the wrong move in the holiest of holies? Yeah. Oh my God. Also having to kill all those, pe all those animals for the people. Think about the blood. The high priest goes in on behalf of the people once a year to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. The mercy seat is not an actual seat. It was a covering, so when the high priest went inside, sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, it meant that the blood covered the people, and God saw the sacrifice. I hope I'm not making you a little bit queasy talking about blood. Just a few weeks ago, when my dad was there, we killed a moose, and I'm going to tell you, there was a lot of blood. I don't do well with blood. Ask him, he knows. When I was in Bible college, one of the courses that we had to do required us to read the first five books of the Bible. And so one morning I sat down at my desk, it was a bit early, I don't do well in the mornings, and I was reading the book of Leviticus. All of a sudden, I got the queasiness in my stomach, thinking about the blood. And I may or may not have urged a couple times. And you know what? Out of that, I said, I am thankful for the new covenant. Yes, I am thankful today. If there's one thing I am thankful today is that no longer do I have to bring a goat to the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies on my behalf. But I have a Savior today and His name is Jesus. Today He goes in on my behalf once and only once, not multiple times, but once and for all, when he was nailed to that old rugged cross, once and for all, the blood of Jesus was sprinkled on the mercy seat, and God saw not my sin, and he saw the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you thankful tonight for the precious blood of Jesus? What an endless repetition of sacrifices and ritual. Every day, year by year, which meant nothing permanent was ever accomplished. We see the limited access and the limited effectiveness. The author's bottom line is that these gifts and sacrifices could not make the worshiper perfect in conscience. The high priest's job was not effective for the men and women who had deeper sins than that what was being confessed. Sins of ignorance were the specific aim of the Day of Atonement. It was assumed that known sin would be taken care of through the regular sin offerings. In this respect, Jesus' work is far greater than the work done on the Day of Atonement. Yes, Jesus' work on the cross is sufficient. 
Jesus' work on the cross is sufficient. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. To atone for both the sins we do in ignorance and the sins we know. Today, Jesus is the greater high priest. He goes to the Father on mine and yours behalf. He takes the cares of our hearts and he makes intercession for you and I. No longer do we need to go through man, but we go through the Son of God tonight. Up to this point, the author is arguing that the Old Testament sacrificial system was not God's complete and final provision for the guilt of our sins. It all pointed ahead to the greater high priest who is Jesus. Thirdly and lastly, the greater sacrifice. Hebrews 9, 11 to 15. Greater sacrifice Jesus became. We have seen how the slaughtering of animals happened. We heard how the process unfolded and what the high priest had to do in order to make atonement for himself and for the people of Israel. We heard how cautious the high priest was when he entered into the Holy of Holies. It is said that the high priest wore bells that jingled when he walked and moved. The people would listen carefully to make sure they heard the bells. If the bells stopped moving or if they heard a clash, they knew that God didn't accept the sacrifice. The holies of holies, of top fear of the Lord, the top that it was a reverent place. The sacrificial system was not adequate to do the job, for it was a yearly event. The people were not cleared forever. They had to go to the tabernacle every year for forgiveness. But today, whereas the old system provided only limited access, limited effectiveness, Jesus Christ today provides complete access and complete effectiveness. This is what the Hebrew writer wants his listeners to hear. To revert back to the old covenant will be a step backwards, not forwards. People love the outer appearances. People love the rituals. People love the religion. But religion is not going to save you, my friend. The only thing that will save you and keep you is the blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless and spotless Lamb of God. Jesus Christ became what the bulls and goats could not do. Jesus Christ came, became what humanity needed. Jesus Christ became the greatest sacrifice ever given unto mankind. The blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the hyper sanctified for the cleansing of the flesh. The author argues from the lesser to the greater. If these results could cleanse the flesh, how much more will the blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus Christ is the only one who can atone for your sin tonight because he alone was a man without blemish in all that he did. His blood acts as a substitute for the penalty of death that you and I so deserve tonight. What was the contrast between Jesus and the old system? It was what he offered, his own blood. It was where he offered it in heaven's tabernacle. It was how he often he offered it. It was once and for all. It was with what results eternal redemption and eternal inheritance. There is a saying among Italian sculptors. 
who'll often miss the chisel and hit their own hands with the hammer. When the blood flows out, the master he enters. This is what Jesus would have said regarding his death on Calvary, which made him the master of our souls. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Purity is a costly thing. Access to God demands purity. Somehow man's sin must be atoned for and his uncleanliness cleansed. With these ideas in his mind, the writer of the Hebrew goes on to show that Jesus is the only high priest who brings a sacrifice that can open the way to God and that that sacrifice is Jesus himself. Jesus' payment on the cross accomplished redemption for those under the first covenant. Every sacrifice for sin made in faith under the Mosaic command was an IOU paid in full on the cross. Hallelujah. All your sin has been forgiven. Some of you today are here reliving your sin. I want you to know this day that the moment you ask Jesus into your heart, that sin that you had in your life was cleansed and you were washed white as snow by Jesus. You need not to relive your sin. What happened in the past before is covered under the blood of Jesus. You are a new creation. All things have passed away. You are washed white as snow. The accomplishment of Jesus being the greater sacrifice assures us today that once and for all our sin was nailed to the cross when he was never to be remembered anymore. You are a child of the king. It's time you stop. You start telling the enemy to stop accusing you. The enemy is a liar tonight. Yeah. However many miles are between east and west. You cannot look two ways at once. You must turn your back on one to look at the other. When God forgives, he puts our sin and us on two different horizons. When he looks at our sin, he is no longer looking at us. When he looks at us, he is no longer looking at our sin. Are you thankful for that today? Amen. Therefore, ways in which Jesus' sacrifice of himself differs of the animal sacrifices of the Old Covenant. The sacrifice of Jesus was voluntary. The animal's life was taken from it. Jesus gave his life. He willingly right. laid down his life for his friends. The sacrifice of Jesus was spontaneous. Animal sacrifice was entirely the product of law. The sacrifice of Jesus was entirely the product of love. Hallelujah. We pay our debts to tradesmen because we have to. We give a gift to our loved ones because we want to. It was not law but love that lay behind the sacrifice of Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus was rational. The animal victim did not know what was happening. Jesus, all the time, knew what he was doing. He died not as an ignorant victim, caught up in the circumstances over which he had no control and did not understand, but with eyes wide open. And finally, 
The sacrifice of Jesus was moral. Animal sacrifice was mechanical. Jesus' sacrifice was made through the eternal spirit. This thing on Calvary was not a matter of prescribed ritual mechanically carried out. It was a matter of Jesus obeying the will of God for the sake of humanity. Behind it there was not the mechanism of law, but the choice of love. That is why we can say tonight, Jesus is the greater sacrifice. In closing tonight, on this communion Sunday, we can rejoice because Jesus entered the most holy place. The high priest entered once a year, going through the veil and back again, letting the veil fall behind him as he left. That barrier remained. Remember what I said earlier, that was temporary. Jesus rent the veil in two and stays in the most holy place, heaven itself. He is welcoming you in today. This is what makes Christianity all about access, not barriers. He is welcoming us in. He's saying, come on into the place where God is. Come on into his presence. The chasm has been filled by the cross of Calvary. No more will there be a curtain for the veil has been rent in two. We have access today to the Father because of Jesus Christ, who with his own blood paid for our sin. And I think we need to thank Jesus for what he's done on Calvary. Hallelujah.
you glad that all of us have access to God? Aren't you glad all of us are saved and our lives transformed? Will you close your eyes for a moment? If you ask Christ into your life while the pastor prays, would you raise your hand? No one is looking. This is between you and God. Let us know. Is there somebody that would say, Pastor, I've asked Christ into my life. Is there someone? Raise your hand quickly. I believe God has spoken in this service as he's spoken throughout this day. And if you have not asked Christ into your life, today you can know him. And he can be your dearest and best friend. We're going to sing this together again. And if you're like me, Pastor Graham has poured out his soul today. And I don't know about you, but what he shared from the book of Hebrews, sharing from the book of Leviticus, on the new covenant, I believe all of us need to have our hands raised, thanking God for who we are in Jesus Christ. We're going to sing it again about your testimony. I want you to raise your hand. We're going to move into the communion service in a moment. Brother Grand Noble is going to lead us to the Lord in prayer in a moment. But we're going to lift our hands to heaven as a testimony. And we're going to thank God for this better covenant, this better sacrifice that we know as Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's sing together. Amen. Thank you. 
some nurses in hospital as well as Brother and Willie Reed. We're remembering them in prayer. We're remembering Laura Lee Baldwin in prayer who needs a touch of God. Sister Mary Call and homesick today. We're remembering a married situation that is very serious. And the person that shared it with me tonight before the service said it is urgent. We're remembering Sister Shirley Parsons in prayer. Oh, let's rejoice as we sing this once or twice more. Then Brother Grant will lead us to the Lord in prayer.
You wonder where I am. But I say I changeth not. From the day that you gave your life to me, you were covered yeah. with my precious blood. I have walked with you closer than any brother. I say unto you tonight, you that are struggling, you that are walking in valleys, lay all your care upon the altar of God. And I will give you rest, saith the Lord. I say unto you, from the cross 2,000 years ago, from the expanse of time, I said to my Father, forgive them not, for they know not what they do. But out of my love for you, I gave my life. And I shed my precious blood, that your sins would be forgiven and blotted out forever and ever. I say unto you, the truth of my word, every word that's written in the epistles of my book, has to come to pass. Every prophecy has to come to pass. And I long to take my bride home. But I say unto you tonight, lay all your cares upon my altar. Lay all your cares upon the altar of God. And I will give you rest, saith the Lord. Let's give him praise as we lay our cares upon the altar. You're listening by live stream this evening. Wherever you are, God is saying to you, lay it on the altar. Hallelujah. Lay it on the altar. Hallelujah. We're going to sing praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. As we sing this, we're going to prepare to take the emblems of our Lord's body and blood. If you're at home, you want to partake with us when you get some bread and some juice. And as you do, claim the promise of God. And whatever you're going through, you can lay it on the altar and God will perform the miraculous in your life. Let's sing it together as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper.
communion together. We're reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church says, For I received from the Lord Jesus what I also have given to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he had been betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks for it and broke it. When he did this, he said, Take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. You do this in remembrance of me. If you need healing tonight or a miracle, will you just lift up the emblem of his broken body and repeat after me, by his stripes, I am healed. We claim it now in Jesus' name. Let's partake of this emblem this evening. Hallelujah. Anybody feel tonight and claim your miracle? Will you just shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says the same manner also he did take the cup. And he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you will drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Let's partake of the cup this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory for all that you have done. That you are our new covenant. Hallelujah. 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 Let us sing all the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Let's sing this a couple of times. We're so glad for those of you that have watched online this evening. We trust God has ministered to you in your home. Those that will watch it in the days to come. And our prayer is as we go offline now in just a moment, that God's presence will minister continually to you. In Jesus' name, as we sing to you.
three services on Sunday, but when you know you're online, being scrutinized by everybody, that's even worse. But, but we're glad today that you're here. Have you felt his presence and the precious blood of Jesus? We're going to sing it again. And after we do, Aunt Dolores Cole got a word of encouragement. You can share it from your pew, sister. After she gives us a word of exhortation, after she does, Pastor uh, Patty, Pastor Geraldine Patty is going to pray God's blessing upon us. God's strength is anointing upon us. We're going to walk in the presence of God. Let's sing it a few more times. If you believe in the blood, if you're thankful for the blood, let's lift our hands to heaven. And if the Lord will give us a word of exhortation, then Pastor Patty will lead us in prayer. I love the worship. 
yourself. But I love to hear the testimony of the other people that have walked with God, and, it, and the testimonies encourage us. They told us of the goodness of God and what He brought them through. And uh, I don't know if that's what the Lord means. We sort of, however, we lost the ability or the right or the privilege to stand in the house of God among the brethren of God and encourage each other in the things of God. I don't know. I remember D.J. Williams standing up, giving praise to God, saying, thanking Him every Sunday morning for a measure of health and strength. You know, God's done wonders for me. I've been on this road 44 years in the summer food, but longer. And I've, I've, uh, I've missed the park. I've, I've failed him, and I've always asked forgiveness, and he's always done it. He's always been there. He makes himself real more and more. And I love him, and I, 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 I wanted to be obedient to what I felt that he wanted me to say. And this people need to know the goodness of God and how he can meet your needs. And he met mine. I've been living about for two years. And uh, I haven't begged bread yet, praise God. I can say that. God has met my needs. So, Pastor, that's what I thought God wanted to say. Thank you. Amen. We thank God. And we can share the goodness of God. I thought the other day the prophecy of the word of God says that in the last days the word of God will be preached in every nation. And tonight through live stream we have shared what God has done in our lives to people that would have never been in dearly. I get thankful that God is still sending the message. And he's still declaring the goodness of God. All of us tonight we know the goodness of God. But there are people that have listened to this service that did not know about the goodness of God, that have heard about it, and we're so thankful today for that. Let's stand, shall we, as Pastor Patty leads us to the Lord in prayer. We'll give you some direction as we dismiss this evening. Amen.